0: that you know young uh, men under 45 the biggest killer is suicide for men under 45 years old mm. so that's crazy do you know what I mean that's bigger than any you know accidental death or disease or whatever so with that being said in our eyes it's important that we catch young people when they're younger do you know what I mean like the younger the better Poetry Unity is my tool it's not like people obviously put Poetry Unity in me and, and sync it together and understandably so because obviously I started it but I might do other ventures similar to Poetry Unity, but at the heart of whatever I do is going to be supporting young people. So it's it's turned into more than what I ever could have expected it to be. Do you know what I'm saying? Like when I started Poetry Unity, like I said, it was just an idea. It was just me see it. It's me realizing the power of poetry and how powerful it was for me. Like I said, I didn't start it to be a charity. I didn't start it to even be a company. I just wanted to see if this was something that was needed in the community and then kind of just go from there. So the community response has been amazing, like way more than I could have ever imagined.
1: Quick one, if you'd like to support us on our journey to a thousand, please do consider subscribing or following this podcast, wherever it is you're listening to this. Thank you. Hello everybody and welcome to 1000 Voices, the podcast on a mission to interview 1000 inspirational black Britons. Today's guest is definitely a very inspirational person, Ryan, also known as Rags Seavey, who's a spoken word artist and the founder of a charity called Poetic Unity, which is South London's only weekly spoken word event. In this interview, Rags speaks about how he accidentally stumbled across spoken word, but realised the impact that it could potentially have on the young people within his community and how that led to him founding Poetic Unity. He founded Poetic Unity seven years ago and since then they've expanded from their weekly poetry events to now also offering a range of different workshops for the young people in their community. In 2021, they were able to directly support over 7000 young people with the work that they put on. He's definitely someone with a very genuine heart for the community that he serves and I hope that we can all take some inspiration from his journey so far. So, without further ado, this is 1000 Voices, and here we have Rags CV. Cool. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much for um, coming onto to the podcast, man. How are you doing today, bro?
0: Yeah, I'm good, man. Thanks for having me.
1: Anytime, anytime. When I start this podcast, like I was saying to you just before we started recording, I've been wanting to like shed light on community heroes and people who are out here actually doing stuff and, you know, bettering their communities or whatever way they're doing. So when I started, I thought I've been to a couple of events in the past and I thought, yeah, like it will be great to get you on, shed some light and hear about your journey so far, and, you know, what you've been through, challenges, etc. And I'm sure that people are going to hear that and be inspired by what you're doing and uh, yeah, how, how far you've come so far. To start things off, uh, let's just start with, let's take it back. So whereabouts are you from? Let's speak about your upbringing, like your background, where you're from, where your childhood was like.
0: Yeah, so um I was born in Brixton and then... um I lived in between Brixton and Tulsa Hill, um, my childhood. Um, that's the two areas I was in. Yeah, like, Brixton was obviously very different back then, you know what I'm saying, compared to what it is now. Interesting time, obviously, like, there's a lot of a lot of stuff going on. Growing up on a council uh, estate, do you know what I mean? Like, there's, uh, there's... not. You know, growing up on a council estate, it's, like, really, like, kind of twofold. It's really beautiful in, in a sense that, you know, the community aspect of it is dope. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, you know, the people... And all that stuff you don't get that anywhere else. You know what I'm saying? And obviously the negative side of it is obviously you know you've got all these different types of people all crammed in one place, and everybody in that place is struggling for money, some way, shape or form. So you go, it's going to be issues. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I want to change it for I want to change it for a thing, man, because I learned a lot growing up, and I learned a lot about caring about others. You know what I'm saying while living and being involved in like a community like that you know
1: what i'm saying for sure for sure when you when you um am just starting you spoke about growing up in a council state that's the first thing that pops into my head as well It's like you get that community like a proper sense of community that you i don't feel like you because i grew up on the council state as well but i don't feel like you'll get that sense of community mm. outside of that community you know what i'm saying but obviously then there's other yeah, issues yeah, yeah. and all those issues there's a million different things that contribute to those other issues but i guess that's life growing up in a in a council estate on your side of things, yeah, so how did you keep out of any issues that were going on in the area growing up? Or did you keep out of any issues, I should say, like them kind of issues growing up?
0: Not really. I was involved in a lot of things, man. Do you know what I'm saying? So growing up, I was yeah. I was on the street, you know what I'm saying? Like, but the thing is, growing up, the main thing I was interested in was football and girls, to be honest. That's the two main things I cared about as a young person, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, like, even with that being said, like, growing up, in that type of area, you're going to come across a lot of the street life. Do you know what I'm saying? A lot of the, as a man as well, the the bravado, the egos, you know what I'm saying? You're coming across. And to be honest, like when you live in like Lambeth, like, you know what I'm saying? Growing up in those types of areas, you kind of have to be a certain way to survive. You know what I'm saying? So, So, yeah, I didn't avoid the street life, so to speak. But the one thing that I... Did avoid was getting into serious trouble. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I dabbled in a few things here and there, but nothing ever, you know, got to a point where I, you know I got a criminal record or anything like that. So, thankfully, you know, I got out of all that kind of stuff before it, it caught up with me. Do you know what I mean? Because that, that life doesn't. It's not something that's uh, long lasting. Do you know what I'm saying? It's, you can't do that forever. It's gonna catch up with you one day in one shape or form.
1: Yeah, for sure. And them times there, yeah, do you remember what your early ambitions were? Like, What did you want to be when you grew up?
0: Footballer, that was it. Yeah, you was a baller? Yeah, I was a baller, man. <laughs> okay. I was a baller, baller back in the day, man.
1: No,
0: <laughs> no, nah, nah, cool. I was a baller. Trust, I could have made it, man. No, I'm not. To be honest, I was never like dedicated enough to make it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I was good, but you, it doesn't matter how good you are. You've got to really be dedicated to make it as a footballer.
1: For sure. For sure. It was a lot of hard work that goes into it, man, I think. When I was younger, I wanted to play ball as well, but I don't think I was as serious as I could have been. Like, and if maybe if I was dedicated to my craft, because kids around me that were proper serious about it and now they're they're playing in it. So a lot of work that goes into it. From there, yeah. So you've you've grown up in your area, you know, you're doing whatever you're doing on the side or whatever. How was school life for you?
0: School was like I love school, I love primary school and secondary school. You know what I'm saying? I did like I like both of them, but one thing I realised, especially when I got into second, when I was in primary school. I didn't really clock the race thing, do you know what I mean? Like in primary school, everyone was just people. I didn't really look at race like that or I didn't even really like feel any racism or anything like that. I, I do Not that I remember anyway. It's so only when I got into secondary school that I started to understand that there is racism and there's like different types of people and even in my household, like my dad being brown and my mum being white, I didn't even look at that as a thing until I went into secondary school. And then one of my friends told me, this is what happened. We went first day of secondary school. I always remember this day. Well, first week, I would say. I can't even say first day. When we, like, started, you know, you start making friends and stuff. And, yeah. You, know, you start just chatting to each other. So we made I made a group of friends. There must have been like six, seven of us. And we all kind of, we all came from Lambeth as well. And it wasn't a Lambeth school, by the way. So the fact that we're all from Lambeth and we're in a different area, I think that's what connected us to. And then, basically, everyone was just, like, asking everybody, like, where's their background, it Where are they from in terms of heritage? And then one guy come up to me and said oh yeah uh rags where are you from like and i was like i don't know i didn't know at the time like and i'm saying i actually just didn't my parents didn't like make it a thing
1: mm. and
0: also in school it was i never we didn't speak about race not just me but just in general we just didn't speak about race and then my brethren was like oh rags is jamaican and irish you know what i'm saying And i was like oh mm. i didn't even think nothing of it you know what i'm saying so well, my point is, like, as a primary school kid, I had no worries, no cares in the world. I just played football. And just, When it got to secondary school, it was literally the world changed in the first week. Race became a thing. The teachers, mm-hmm. like, uh, even in terms of racism, I saw, like, with uh, how our school was, like, all the kids that were getting in trouble were non-white. You get me? So every time you look to the room, in brown and black faces, you know what I'm saying? like, And it's like, yo, why are we always the ones getting in trouble but then the other guys are not, the white guys are not, you know what I'm saying? Or white girls, whatever. So school was like a reality check. Secondary school, sorry, was a reality check. Primary school was like, yeah, I'm still a kid, I'm still enjoying my life. Secondary school, I still liked it, don't get twisted, it was good. But as a reality check, it was like, yo, you are this, like, this is your race and this is how you're going to get treated for being the race you are.
1: Yeah, I hate you, bro, man. So... You you got asked that question first or second in secondary school do people ask you that like even till now did you get that question a lot more like where are you from
0: um i get the question what are you that's the main question i get that's like right. and like, that's obviously yeah so like it usually it's weird because obviously it's that's like a quick like i'm a human is it that's what i am isn't it <laughs> <laughs> you know what i'm saying i think obviously depending on the person who sees me i could be quite racially ambiguous you see what i'm saying so they, they're interested to see where I'm from, like exactly, like in terms of my heritage. Some people will see me and just know straight away that it's black and white. It just depends on the person. That's one thing I realized as I've gotten older, that we've all got different views. And for example, you might have a cousin that looks like me. So when you see me, you're like, oh, yeah, I know exactly where he's from. You see know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, but I do get the question, what are you? Not so much where you're from, it obviously means the same thing. But to quite a lot of people, I might look ambiguous it's more of a what are you it's like I can't even pinpoint where you're from do you know what I'm
1: saying yeah yeah I hear you I hear you man all right so let's talk after school so you've done school did you go to college or university
0: I went to college for one year uh, to do business studies I passed the first year and then I quit after that because even though I passed the first year it was just a fluke I mean the teacher helped me a lot that year actually I can't remember her name now, but she literally did all my coursework for me. Without her, I wouldn't have passed, mm. no way. And then I don't even know where that GMVQ is now either. Like, that doesn't mean nothing to me. I never used it, never took it in. And then I went to a music college because around the time I went college, I started doing music. At that time, I was interested in grime. I was doing grime, I was DJing, I used to spit as well. And I wanted to just go to music college to learn a, an instrument like the piano or something like that. So I went to music college straight after the first year of normal college and then again music college was meant to be three years again i didn't complete it because i just wasn't serious um and it was hard people think music college would be easy because you're just playing music but listen learning things like the piano and that it's like mathematics man it's difficult <laughs> yeah. you know what i'm saying so yeah man I, I didn't i didn't i didn't carry on doing that i just wasn't serious about it to be honest so then after that yeah i, I left after the first year of music college
1: yeah and then you was doing some you done some early charity work didn't you done so i think you with the alzheimer's society like this must have been straight after college i'm guessing
0: um no this was when i was like 23 between the age of 16 to like 19 ish i was going to college like i said in and out and then from like 20 to 23 i was just working just doing like uh working with my dad actually at the time my dad's got a company and i was working with him and then from twenty three onwards, so I was still working with my dad, but then that's when I started doing the volunteer work with Alzheimer's Society charity because my grandma's got dementia, so I wanted to support people like her.
1: Right, right. And how was how was that experience for you?
0: It's an important experience, man. I always go back to to that time, and it changed me as a person. And it seeing my grandma suffering with dementia, like, and I remember always going to always remember going to a house one day and seeing how bad she was suffering, and it kind of. It was like a switch in my life like it's like raw you've got to like do something about this so then my granddad at the time um he was a musician when he was alive and he had some music that he hadn't used before that he said i could use if i wanted to as i said i was kind of rapping and spitting at that time and whatnot so i, I decided to create a project called paying homage to the king which all the proceeds would go to the like, Assam society charity um so I, I contacted them and said, look, I want to do this project. I want to sponsor you guys. All I want from you guys is is permission to use your logo. So it's official. Do you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. then they gave me permission. And then from there, um, yeah, the project just went really well. Like I was, like I said, we was I was doing a lot of talks at colleges, schools, selling the album at different places. And at that time as well, I was working at Co op, the retail uh food place. And um when I was working there, they, they supported it too. So they let me sell it in the shop. Where I was working at, and then I did like a tour of different co ops across South London. Um... Nice. and sold it there in different shops which was good so we raised a lot of money so we raised over 10 grand um for the charity in the time we was promoting it but the main thing i would say about that whole process that was really good was that we raised awareness about alzheimer's to young people because obviously young people just see old people you know getting losing forgetting things or forgetting like seeming like their memory's gone and just thinking oh they're old and really they got alzheimer's half the time you know what i'm saying so it's good to have a better understanding the difference between having alzheimer's and the difference between getting old big difference you know what I mean? So, so yeah, that was like really important that we, you know, we reached so many people, young people. Um, and that, and again, I said the reason why I said that's so important in that period is because poetry unity wouldn't exist if it wasn't for my grandparents, you know, me wanting to support my grandma and also, um, learning about the charity sector. So, volunteering with our society, I learned about the charity sector. If you ask me at 22 years old, would I be working in a charity sector? love you know what I'm saying. Mm. Like, and then a year later, I'm working in the charity. Se- I'm volunteering in the charity sector for four years, and then I go on to start my own charity, which I never would have imagined. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's a really important period. A really important period, still.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, looking at looking at your profile, it seems like there's a strong theme: charity, charity work. You've done Alzheimer's, poet unity, but above all, like on impact, especially young people. It, it seems like that's what well, a lot of your work is centered around: giving back to the community and doing some sort of positive impact. With the poet, poetic unity side of things, so obviously that's a spoken word, Cherry. Well, in essence, you know, you do a lot of other things now, um, but I started off as like you know a spoken word thing. How did you yourself get into spoken word?
0: Yeah, again, that kind of happened later on because, as, as I said, when I first started doing music, I was doing grime, I was going on radio, I was going on, on top of them and all that kind of stuff back in the day. For those who remember that them days. And like I said, I was 16 at the time. I started rapping, like probably when I was in my early 20s. Because as you know, spit like doing the gram MC thing and rapping is very different. Do you know what I'm saying? So I started rapping like yeah, early 20s. And then I started doing spoken word, I would say properly when I was like 26. And that was again by chart, it was by accident really. It wasn't like I did it on purpose. I just I wrote this piece called Digital Slaves. And then I remember I performed it at this uh, event in Camden, and then after I performed it, this guy come up to me and he's like, "Yo, you're a sick poet," you know. When he said I'm a good poet, I kind of took that as a diss, to be honest. I didn't really,
1: yeah,
0: I do not really feel in that comment. But when I deeped what he said, I I was like, "Yo, that's actually, that's actually proper true," because when I performed that piece, I had a different reaction to me performing any other piece I performed before. So the whole room went completely silent; you could hear a pin drop everyone was listening to the words and that's really kind of why I love spoken word is because that's what it, it demands. You listen to the words, the content that's the most important part. Whereas with like hip hop and other genres, that isn't the most important part. Sometimes the beat can carry a song, even if the song is trash. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's where spoken word for me is like powerful. Why I started going down that avenue because I was like, yeah, this is me. This, this suits my style.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Spoken word is definitely powerful. Like, you know, and I hear what you're saying about hip-hop or rap, whatever, and the beat carries a song. Because there's some so many songs here. I don't, like, I'm just listening to I'm just vibes into the beat. I don't know what the hell they're talking about. Until, like, years later, I listened, but I'm like, rah, oh, is that what he was talking about? I didn't know. Um, with spoken words, not like that. So I know we were talking just before we started this thing. I've been to some of your events before. And I remember the first time I come, I don't know, I think I just came. I just wanted to see what it was about. I've never, had never been to any spoken word kind of thing before, before that. And I didn't know what to expect, really. But then I sat down, I remember, who is it? I think it was like the first or second period. I can't remember. They done signed mad. Now I was like, yo, is that, is that what it is? Is that what it's like? like it's, it's sick, man. But it you take it in yeah. in a way that uh, you you take it in very differently to the way you take in rap. You The words, you, you can really feel the emotion, I feel, in a very different way mm. than you would with other music forms like the rap. The hip-hops and stuff like that so for sure yeah i think it's a very strong and very emotive you feel the emotion a lot of spoken word as well mm. a lot more than you probably would in rap and hip-hop um with um poetic unity how did you go about even starting it then like after you had that comment you performed the digital slaves piece how did you go about okay now i'm going to start this thing how did you start it
0: i carried on performing that piece uh for about six months just different venues different open mics just to get an idea if that was, like, just a fluke, do you know what I'm saying, that it's just a good night, or if it was, like, uh, this piece is actually carrying weight and if the spoken word thing's really me. So, yeah, after performing that for about six months uh, on the scene and that, and I was performing it mainly at music events, so there wasn't many poets at these events. So when I performed it, I think it made me stand out more too because I sounded different to everyone else that was on the stage that whenever wherever I went, which I like that. That's a good thing. So, um. So, yeah, I'd say, like, as I said, it was, I came up with the idea of Poetry Unity when I was 26. And we made it official, like, in terms of, like, Poetry Unity actually existing, uh, made it official when I was 27. So in February 2015. Um, But the idea came to me, I would say, probably, like, September 2014, around that time. And then I was kind of, like, thinking of how... Like I just the whole purpose of Poets Unity wasn't all to be a charity. It was to be like a a safe space for young people to have a voice, and also to provide like regular events and workshops um, for young people to congregate and you know meet other like-minded young people. Do you know what I'm saying? It kind of started off like that. Like how can how can I make this happen? And I wasn't. And again, I like to try things out. I like to see if they're gonna work or not. So when I did start Poets Unity, I didn't like. Make it an official company or charity or whatever. At first, I said, "Let me try this for six months. If it works, then I'll like if it's something I think we can be can lost, And it's the most important thing. If it's something that's needed for the community, then I'll continue it, and then I'll make everything official and whatnot. So, so yeah, that was kind of my approach.
1: Yeah, that's it. And I remember I came once. So I came with my well, she's my girlfriend at the time, now wife. But we came to one of the events. Um, what was it? No.
0: Yeah. She, came to your wife, she came your wife after our wedding. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a good night. It
1: was a good night. Yeah. We came like, oh, it must have been like a couple of years ago. We came. Because I told her about it, because I'd been before, and I told her, like, this is sick, let's go and try it out. We're not even from South London, like I'm from the east and she's from north. But we traveled down because I was like, sick. Yeah. Like, let's check it out. So we come down once, and I remember afterwards, she was like, in fact, I don't know if you'll remember. It was, we spoke to you after, but I guess you meet a lot of people. So I don't know if you'll remember, but we spoke to you after. We even had a picture taken. I remember looking at the picture. I had no haircut, and I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> it was on the Insta page. <laughs> it <was> looking rough. <laughs> <This> <laughs> but,
0: is it? Oh, man.
1: Yeah. but we came down, and I remember her saying to me that it feels like there's a strong community sort of feel there. Like it's, it's, it feels like you know that strong community presence there. Uh, what's the community response been like since you started poetry community
0: yeah it's just been love man it's just been like it's turned into more than what i ever could have expected it to be do you know what i'm saying like when i started poetry unity like i said it was just an idea it was just me see it it's me realizing the power of poetry and how powerful it was for me do you know what i mean and, and seeing that this could be something really powerful to use for the community and um Like I said, I didn't start it to be a charity. I didn't start it to even be a company. I just wanted to see if this was something that was needed in the community and then kind of just go from there. So the community response has been amazing, like way more than I could have ever imagined.
1: Yeah. And with Spoken Word itself, what impact do you feel like that has on the young people that you've been working with?
0: Spoken Word is like, it's very layered in terms of what it can do. For a young person and, and just people in general, but the main factors I'll say is that you know, firstly, it gives young people a voice. A lot of the time, as young people, their their views and you know what they think is kind of silenced by the older people in the community and stuff. With spoken word, like, it allows you to just freely speak your mind and, and really have a voice. Whereas sometimes, you know, some things might be difficult to say in a conversation, but they're always easier to say in a spoken word piece. So I think that's really that's what and I, and again that's why spoken word links so like perfectly with mental health in terms of supporting mental health because you know there's so many people struggling with their mental health and they can't speak to somebody but if they can put it into a poem, even if they don't perform it just for themselves just to get off their chest, it makes a really big difference in terms of like yeah um. supporting how they're feeling at the time, and I think that's really you know the key thing to spoken word is giving young people a voice, giving them a chance to. Giving, giving them the opportunity to be themselves without judgment, you know? That's really yeah. what we're about, creating a safe space for young people to be themselves and to have a voice and to know that their voice actually matters, not just, oh yeah, we're just listening to you just because, you know, for whatever reason. Do you know what I mean? Like, we actually care about your opinion. We care about what how you see the future, how you want to change things in the world. And spoken word is, is, is the tool, is the vehicle for us.
1: Yeah, for sure Uh, let's talk about uh, the impact that you lot are making. So I saw on your Insta page that last year you supported almost 7,000 people, which is nuts. That's a lot of people across a number of different countries. Mm. And that's through the weekly events and also through, like, all of these other community things that you lot do, uh, you and the team do. So um, big up to you and the team. You lot are doing a lot, man. And obviously impacting a lot of different people's lives. When I'm looking, I'm coming across so many different things that you lot are doing or have been (laughs) doing over the years. So, like... For example, you're doing. You got the random let's talk um, stuff you do with the school kids or the young people. You got the communion and amongst all sorts of other things you're doing. Can you talk about some of that work? Like some of the I've mentioned a couple, but some of the initiatives you've been working on and the impact that's been having on the people you've been working with.
0: I think the main thing with Poetry Unity, you know, in terms of what we do is I always say it goes back to the programs that we deliver and, and the unique way they're delivered. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, so what I mean by that is we've got a program that kind of covers all bases. So we've got programs for education, for mental health, for personal development, for physical health, and we've also got like uh, programs that are specifically for community cohesion, bringing the community together. Do you know what I'm saying? So like that's kind of like the main areas we cover, but we still do other stuff within that. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, It's kind of outside that. And I feel like programs like Mandanless Talk is a good example of what we do because, you know, as a man myself, like growing up, I didn't feel like I could speak about my feelings. You know what I'm saying? So I know how these boys feel when they can't. But the truth of it is, in the UK, there's a statistic saying that, you know, young uh, men under 45, the biggest killer is suicide for men under 45 years old. Mm. That's crazy. Do you know what I mean? That's bigger than any, you know, accidental death or disease or whatever. So with that being said, in our eyes, it's important that we catch young people when they're younger. Do you know what I mean? Like the younger, the better. You know what I'm saying? And then and try to and try to normalise speaking about your feelings. A lot of the time, as a young man or boy or whatever, you're told to man up. You're told that men don't cry. All these things. That's obviously detrimental to your mental health, because that then makes you think that you can't do these things, which are normal human responses to trauma. You know. So with the spoken word, with the this Talk program, the whole focus of that is, is 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 uh allowing young boys to be themselves, allowing them to have a voice, allowing them to have feelings, and to and to produce that in spoken word, as well as having conversations with men like me and other young men that work on our team, and even young women too sometimes. What I'm saying, like. So yeah, that program is like a good example of what we do in terms of using spoken word as a tool to support young people's mental health.
1: Yeah, that's sick. And as you was talking, I was thinking, some of the lines you was, um, just said, I was thinking the exact same stuff in my head about normalizing, being able to talk about stuff. It's certain, especially when you're, you're a young boy and maybe you're, you know, you're young in it, like you got that bravado or whatever, you you don't talk, like you're, you're the man in it, you don't want to talk about stuff, but if suicide is the biggest killer of young men or men at the age of 45 there's obviously a lot of stuff that young men need to get off their chest that a lot of us aren't getting off our chest so programs like that of course yeah. they're, they're very very much needed and I'm sure that a lot of people are very very much being impacted by that work that you've been doing
0: a good, a good example of I was going to say a good example of like this type of work as well is that we've done a workshop in the school year, like just before the end of the year. And there's a boy there that said he's never been anxious in his life. Yeah. Like most of the boys in there admitted to being anxious or whatever. But as you said, the male Provado, he said he'd never been anxious. So cool. We, you know, we're not going to dispute that. Do you know what I mean? That's what you're saying. But then we do a workshop with him again today and then man's showing anxiety and then we're bringing up to him like, that's what anxiety is. But he's he's kind of shying away from it because he don't want to say he wants to seem like the big man. Do you know what I mean? He wants to seem like you know he he hasn't gone through that stuff. But like like we showed him today, there's nothing wrong with you being open. And sometimes with some boys it takes longer than others. Some boys they're they're quick to speak about how they feel, and some of them they've you know been told for so long that they can't speak about how they feel or can't show emotions that it takes longer. You know what I'm saying? So it's just just depends, innit?
1: You know what, yeah, on top of that as well, because I feel like I can talk from a personal perspective. Sometimes, like, I feel people don't even know how to talk about how they feel. Like, um, I feel with me, yeah, so um, I talk about this with my missus all the time. I feel like I'm very factual, you know what I'm saying? Um, whereas she might explain things in a different way. Um, and then sometimes, without her asking me the exact question, I don't even know. I, I won't know until she asks me, and then it comes out, I'm like, oh, rah. I didn't even know, bro. <laughs> I didn't know that was this. I didn't know I felt like that. Um, and maybe that's something that a lot of guys go through. You just, you literally don't even know how to communicate stuff and get stuff off your chest. And because of that, they just bottle a lot of stuff up and it can lead to all sorts of issues down the road that can easily be solved just by getting getting stuff off your chest, you know, by having a conversation with somebody.
0: That's what spoken word does. That's what, you know, a lot of boys and young men who don't know how to, you know, speak about their feelings they can do it in spoken word. If you give them a, a piece of paper and ask them to write a poem or even a rap, you know, some people find it easier to write in a rap, they can do that. And even for me, that's how I, it's, that's how I can express my feelings better now in the conversation. But I know for a fact there was a period of time where music and spoken word were like my outlets to express myself like that. Do you know what I'm saying? So I know how powerful it can be from my own personal perspective. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, man, that spoken word can, can and has been that tool and that um, that way out for so many young boys and and young women too.
1: Yeah, for sure. Looking back on your journey so far, uh, what would you say has been your highest high and lowest low?
0: Mm. I'll say highest high was becoming a registered charity because that was a game changer for us um, for Poetry Unity. It it just solidified. I mean, I don't know how aware, how much you are aware of how this whole charity sector works, but when you first start an organisation, anyone, put it this way, anyone could become a company. All you need is £40 and you file a couple of forms to the company's house in your company. Company company's house hardly ever rejects companies because it's easy to become one, do you know what I mean? So that was never going to be a, a, in question. Obviously, we became, when we first started, we became a charitable company. So that basically means we're a company, but... We're charitable. So all of our services are charitable. All of our aims and objectives are charitable. So we're charity, but we there's there's different levels to charity. So don't you watch football, right? Yeah. Yeah. So obviously, for example, let's just put this in football terms. Say that let's use the Premier League table. Say you're say you start out as a company aiming to become a charity. A charitable company is like being Norwich. You're in the league right. but you're at the bottom. Do you know what I'm saying? Like you're just at the bottom, you're new. Do you know what I mean? Like no one really knows you. Just you just came up. In the prem, yeah? When you've, like, obviously been a charitable company for a little while, and, like, you've built a bit of, like, status and whatever else, you obviously start to move up the table, but you kind of get to, like, the mid-table, whatever. And then, for me, in, like, terms of chari- the charity sector, when you've, like, you know, kind of topped the table and kind of got to a stage where people respect you and people hold you in high regard, that's when you're a registered charity. So not anyone could just be a registered charity, obviously you have to apply for it there's certain um there's certain things you need to to do as well to become one like i can't remember the exact uh rules and stuff but there's there's a good few rules about becoming one it's not just oh yeah you apply and you get it in that company's house do you know what i'm saying it's quite a difficult it's quite a long process and they ask you a lot of questions as well and if you don't ask them the questions how they want them they can just they will just reject you
1: right you know what
0: i mean we got that status in 2017, so that was, like, two years after we started. So getting that status was, like, a stamp of approval to say, yeah, you guys are doing the right thing and you're doing a good job. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, and it,
1: yeah. That's
0: kind of how it felt. I mean, there's been many hires, but that just stands out because with that, and also when you become a registered charity, you can, for example, you get, like, different, way more benefits. So you can, obviously, you can apply to any funder, Whereas when you're a charitable company, you can apply for, for some of them, but some funders don't fund charitable companies, they only fund registered charities. You see know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you get certain more benefits that you get as a registered charity, which is obviously more beneficial. So um so yeah, when we became that, I think that really changed the game for us. And in terms of the lowest low, it was a personal thing. The lowest low is is and it wasn't even to do opposed unity, it was losing my granddad when I was twenty six that was a year that I fought the idea of Poetry Unity and it led to me starting Poetry Unity uh, he died in July in 2014 and that was like the hardest time in my life but I'll say from July to like August or something I just didn't I didn't go to work I didn't do nothing me and him we're really close it? Do you know what I'm saying so that was like the lowest low for me um up until this point in my life to be honest
1: I hate you, bro um and yeah, sorry to hear about your loss. I know it was, it was, well, it was back in 2014, but still, sorry to hear about that. Um, with um, let me see, with project Unity. So, what's next for you and project Unity?
0: At the moment, we're really just trying to build on our youth employment scheme. We started a cultural leaders youth employment scheme, which uh, started in September, and the whole purpose of that is to give young people um, work with us. Black Cultural Archives and Theatre Peckham, we're doing this as a joint venture with the National Lottery Community Fund supporting it. And we're doing it for three years. So every six months we'll hire six new young people to work with us, Black Culture Archives and Theatre Peckham. And they'll and the young people that work with us will deliver the workshops and events that we do. We'll get a real understanding of the charities they're working with and like learn a lot about the charity sector in general. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's gonna it's a real like good opportunity for young people to get obviously paid work but also good experience in, in a, and and serve the community too. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I mean? So we're really focusing on that at the moment and obviously developing our programs, um, trying to make them better all the time. We're doing a lot of evaluation at the moment as well. Way more evaluation than we've ever done. So we're really looking into what we're doing well, what we can improve. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, so we're just, I feel like we're just getting to a stage. We're, we're turning we're turning seven in a month. So Poetunity is nice. even seven years old in a month. So I feel like, We're at a stage now where we're established, but we're trying to take that next step, trying to like take the next step, next step. I'm always thinking about before COVID, we was only really based in London. When COVID hit, we reached the whole UK as well as worldwide too, do you know what I'm saying? Because of the online services that we provide. And we've done that now. We've continued this online approach as well as the in-person approach since COVID hit, so over two years now. And that's really helped us on the path of where I want us to go, because I want opportunity to be worldwide eventually. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, and I mean worldwide in person as well, not just online. So young people need support everywhere. It's not just in London. It's not just in the UK. But that's a long-term goal. That's like how I, where I can see opportunity potentially going. Um, but that might take a while, long time to get there. Do you know what I mean? Because my thing is, we need to get London unlocked first, and the rest of the UK unlocked, and then the world.
1: Yeah, hey bro, nice. And um, lastly, before we go into quickfire questions, what do you want your legacy to be?
0: Um, to be remembered, to be remembered for someone that cared about others more than myself. For me, I'm not good if the community is not good. It's, it goes hand in hand. It needs to. For me, I'm if I'm not doing if I'm doing well, but everyone else around me and doing well, then I'm not doing well. That's where I see it. Do you know what I'm saying? So I want everybody, obviously not everyone's going to eat the same. Everyone's going to live different lives. Do you know what I mean? That's just a fact. But I think and I believe in paying it forward. So, you know, I do that a lot with Prote Unity. I'm always trying to pass on gems in terms of like young people that are trying to start companies or charities as well, giving them information on how to do that. Um, So, yeah, it's my legacy just to be someone that cared about the community, cares about the community, someone that, puts the community before myself you know what i'm saying and that's that's my way of looking at it because and it's not at my detriment it's actually helping me and it's what people forget when you help others it helps you there's no such thing as a an act of kindness without you getting something from it you know what i'm saying if you're kind to someone if you make them feel good it makes you feel good you know what i'm saying if you give someone something and they feel good you feel good you understand so me helping the community helps me so it's not even like oh yeah i'm doing it and i'm mashing myself up or something. i'm doing it to help myself as well as help the community do you know what i'm saying like i feel good and i love i'm a people person do you know what i mean i love being around people so so yeah and i want people from my legacy as well i want people more to think about that because i think sometimes when people think about sharing or doing work in the community or whatever they kind of think like oh yeah i'm doing I'm doing good for others. Yeah, you are, but also you're doing good for yourself. Do you know what I'm saying? It's, it's making you more of a wholesome person. It's making you more humble. Do you know what I'm saying? So do all this flashy material thing, I'm, I've never been into that. Even before doing community work, I was never into that. I, I, growing up on a council, in a council flat, we don't have things like that. Do you know what I'm saying? So I've never been about that. So it's always been about people for me. People come first.
1: That's it. That's sick, bro man. Nice one. So let's go into the quick fire questions, yeah. 20 seconds per question. The first few are a bit easier, I think, anyways. Then it gets a bit a little bit more techie. But yeah, whatever comes to your head first. All right, let's go. First question. What's your favorite movie?
0: That's a hard question. I'm a movie guy. Yeah. But yeah, if I was to say one, I would say Inception.
1: Good film. Second question. Favorite book?
0: I'm not even really a book guy like that. But, again, if I was to say one, I'd say 48 Laws of Power.
1: Cool. Right, third question. What's a song that you can never get bored of?
0: Ooh. Mace. Tell me what you want.
1: Oh, classic. <laughs> classic. All right. Fourth question. If you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, what would you pick?
0: One food or one meal? Uh,
1: What's the difference? One meal, let's say.
0: Any, any, any Jamaican dish. Cool. Any Jamaican. So, rice and peas, or fried dumplings, and plantain. And that's me. Caribbean foods. That's me, man. All day. No jollof rice. Jellof rice is cool, but. <laughs> yeah. Well, I do like jollof rice, to be honest. It is, it is tasty still, but Jamaican dish, number one for me, man.
1: <laughs> cool. I hear you, bro. All right. Next question. How do you start your day? Jim. Cool.
0: Obviously, after I brush my teeth.
1: <laughs> cool. Cool. Had to make that clear. <laughs> um, name three people that inspire you.
0: So my granddad, Robbie King Robinson is his name, uh, Denzel Washington, and Cristiano Ronaldo.
1: Cool. All right. What's the best advice you've ever received?
0: It's a hard one, but I'll go with treat people how you want to be treated.
1: Cool. Alright next, this one seems, seems like it's going to be an obvious question for you actually, but the question is if you were to dedicate the rest of your life to one charitable cause what would you pick?
0: Supporting young people in, in all aspects because I always say to people Poetry Unity is my tool it's not like people obviously put Poetry Unity in me and and sync it together and understandably so because obviously I started it but I might do other ventures similar to Poetry Unity. But at the heart of whatever I do, is going to be supporting young people. So that's what I would say is that me supporting young people in all aspects, not just mental health, not just poetry, just in general, trying to, you know, give young people the best chance in the future. Cool, bro. All right.
1: Last two questions. What's the kindest thing that someone has ever done for you?
0: You know what? My fiance, she took me to Jamaica. For my, for my 30th birthday. Paid for everything, you know what I'm saying? And and also on top of that, she's of Jamaican background too. And her mum like, goes out there a lot. So like, when we went there, they obviously, we went there. I didn't go to Jamaica as no tourist. I went there as like, yo, being with the locals and like learning about Jamaica properly. Cause I went to Jamaica when I was a young, a youth, like nine years old or something, but I was too young then innit, to really take it in. So going as a 30 year old, obviously a big man, um, I could really take it in and I got to like really see where my granddad grew up. I actually got to meet my great, great uncle, who was 102 at the time. That was my granddad's uncle, you know what I'm saying? So that's like, and that's obviously because of my fiance. So, I mean, there's loads of kind of things that have happened to me, but that just came to my head because that's that's been my best trip. I can't even call it a holiday because it's going back home as well. But it's been my best trip that I've been on in my life to this point.
1: That's sick. All right, last question. One thing that people don't know about you
0: uh i think people know everything about i'm open book no serious uh maybe that they didn't know i was a baller back in the day do you know what i'm saying that's probably like <laughs> cool. only like last year we did play a bit of football with the poets in it like in the community and i was twisted i was still at it man I was still twisting people up a bit
1: <laughs> cool. so
0: then you know, there's a bit surprised they're like oh Rags, I thought he was just a poet, man, do you know what I mean? Uh, and a founder and whatever else, but I still got legs. But I get injured too much, so I can't even play football like that anymore, to be honest. But when I do play, I still got a little couple of skills. I like to think I'm CR7 sometimes, do you know what I mean?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, bro. I hear you. That's my issue with football is where I get injured way too much, man, I to cut my career short.
0: Yeah, I can't play it. That's why I go to the gym instead. Because when I go to the gym, because football, football is very demanding on the body. Do you know what I'm saying? And you don't realise that until you get older, because when you're young, you're just young and you, you don't really get injured like that. But I can go gym like four or five days a week and I'm fine. I can go football once and, and be out for months. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. I can't take that risk. Playing.
1: I'm the exact same. I mean, my body can't keep up anymore, man. <laughs> I just get mashed up every time I play. So I had to tone it down a bit.
0: Exactly. Yeah. It's some sort of bruise or not a broken foot or that but like I get, I get an Achilles problem sometimes, and do you know what I mean. And you know, if your Achilles tendon goes, you're you're finished. So yeah. <laughs> can't mess around with that. So, so yeah, I'm not yeah. saying I'll never play again, but it's gonna be very few and far between. I might play once a year, maybe. That's it.
1: Yeah, I hear you. I hear you, man. All right, cool, bro. So that's we're well, pretty much wrapping up now. Thank you for coming on. Really, really appreciate you coming on, sharing your story, speaking about poetic unity, the work you lot do with young people and the impact you lot are making, like, we appreciate you coming on to speak about what you're doing. Before we wrap up, yeah, um, are you good to do, like, drop a little, a little something, like a little spoken word piece?
0: Yeah, I'll drop a little piece. All right, so, you see, growing up in the Yen's, your postcode determined your friends. And these postcode wars are real. And it's quite fitting how I think about all of this while I'm sitting at the Yen's, it's called the Yen's. Cause it's literally the end of the road, man, for so many young youths. And I remember being fifteen, having to prove myself to this man and that man, and after proving myself to them man, there was always the next man that was long. But you see, even though there's all these grieving low times, I understand the appeal, because he ends his family. So how can you expect a road man to listen to a grown man about changing his life when he doesn't even know, man? Yeah, he doesn't even know, man. I give you that.
1: Clicks, bro. That's it. Nice one, bro nice one nice Same, one bro. all right cool yeah so that's that thank you so much once again for coming on before we wrap up you got any two final closing remarks
0: yeah man just so whoever watches this you know just follow poetic unity uh if you're a young person especially anyone under 30 like we got something for you man that you'd be interested in or even if you're over 30 you just want to attend our events come through because that's the thing like as much as po- Poets Unity is focused on young people, and that's our main demographic, we actually support the whole community in general. Because when you're supporting a young person, you're then helping the parents as well. Do you know what I'm saying? And also, not just that, loads of uh, people over 30 come to our events on a regular basis. Um, so obviously, that makes a, a difference to them as well.
1: Yeah, for sure. Cool, bro. And if people want to follow... How can people keep up to date what's happening in Poetic Unity or follow Poetic Unity?
0: So our website is poeticunity.org.uk and Instagram is at Poetic Unity and Twitter is poetic underscore unity and Facebook is Poetic Unity Project.
1: Cool. All right. That's it. So that's that then. Once again, thank you for coming on. Really appreciate your time. Really appreciate everything you've had to share with us. And that's that. 1000 Voices, we're at. Okay, that's that. Thank you for tuning in. I very, very much appreciate it. If you like what we're about, if you like what we're striving towards, then please do subscribe or follow this podcast wherever it is listening to this. Also, it's always great to hear from people with regards to the episodes that we put out. What do you think? What were your key takeaways that you've taken away from the episode? Please do leave us comments, a review, comment on our social media pages. Just let us know what you thought about this episode. Any and all feedback is very, very much appreciated. Next week, as always, we're going to release our new episode on Tuesday. So follow us on our social media pages in order to keep up to date with the new episode before it comes out and to see previews from the next guest coming up, which is a very, very good and inspirational interview for sure. So that's that. Thank you for tuning in once again. This is 1000 Voices and until next week, we're out. Okay, that's that. Thank you for tuning in. I very, very much appreciate it. If you like what we're about, if you like what we're striving towards, then please do subscribe or follow this podcast wherever it is listening to this. Also, it's always great to hear from people with regards to the episodes that we put out. What do you think? What were your key takeaways that you've taken away from the episode? Please do leave us comments, a review, comment on our social media pages. Just let us know what you thought about this episode any and all feedback is very very much appreciated next week as always we're going to release our new episode on tuesday so follow us on our social media pages in order to keep up to date with the new episode before it comes out and to see previews from the next guest coming up which is a very very good and inspirational interview for sure so that's that thank you for tuning in once again this is 1000 voices and until next week we're out